Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Hey guys, Rosie here. I just want to say I am so grateful that you're listening. We are just getting a massive amount of response on this podcast, and I am so grateful that you're a part of this radically loved community, that you're enjoying the content and that you're enjoying all the guests and that you're still here and you're still working on yourself and your journey and your path. And I pray that you've received some tools listening to the guests or listening to any of my ideas or topics on meditation or yoga and how these tools can help you create a life of purpose to continue to help us give you the best content, you can subscribe to this podcast. And most of the time you can just do it from your phone, from iTunes, click subscribe and write a review. This really helps us continue this path and this journey. And we love doing it so much. And again, I'm so grateful that you're here. Let us know what you thought. Thanks for listening. Orly Waba says the greatest mistake we can make is allowing the guilt of what we haven't yet achieved consume us. Orly is the author and founder of the wellness organization Life Vest Inside, which offers a guide to incorporating kindness into your daily life. She's an author and founder of wellness organization Life Vest Inside. This is an organization that offers a guide to incorporating kindness into your daily life. She's an educator, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and a community activist that's passionate about motivating people to make the world a kinder place. She began her career as a middle school educator, empowering children to see their power to influence the world for good. She founded Life Vest Inside, a nonprofit organization with a mission to empower and unite the world with kindness. Life Vest Inside gained international acclaim when Orly's award-winning film, Kindness Boomerang, went viral. She's spoken at TED several times and has been featured on many media outlets and is the most inspiring, most influential light worker that I've met in a long time. I was so honored and privileged to have her on this podcast to share her wisdom, to share her light, to share her love and her kindness to the world and how this process of kindness and this practice is really going to save us. So I am so excited to be talking to you. Obviously, I just explained in the last, like, feels like 10 minutes why I uh, love everything that you're doing right now. And if I haven't, let me explain. <laughs> like, let me tell everyone. Because everything that you're doing is is so inspiring, Orly. And we have very similar backgrounds and stories. And when I started, when I was reading your, your book, I was so blown away by not only the level of commitment that you have to 
the the practice of kindness and and just this 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 feat that you took on this community that you created this effect the boomerang effect that you created i just i <laughs> i want to like talk all about it and for the people that don't know you or or have and i'm so grateful for tori by the way for hooking us up because oh i like, absolutely love her i mean she's amazing and I, i'm like how did i not i literally emailed her and was like how did I not know who this person was like how did I not know this I felt so like I'm like shaming myself I'm like how did you not know (laughs) I was like what (laughs) so uh Orly for the people that are tuning in the people that that don't know who you are can you just tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing in the world that is literally creating massive change and I think is really going to save us in our current state. So first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for <laughs> reaching out because I'm, I'm really excited to, to be chatting with you and I love what you're doing. I totally see so much synergy as it's super clear. Uh, a bit about myself. I was actually a middle school teacher for seven amazing, amazing years. I love the years teaching. They were truly the most transformative of my life. And um, I, I left my job about Six years ago, left my job teaching, which was not easy, to start LifeFest Inside, to start this nonprofit organization. And the mission of the organization is really to inspire, empower, and educate people from all backgrounds to lead a life of kindness. But really, the core of the organization, if I were to use you know, one word to describe it, more than the word kindness, it would really be the word empowerment. Mm. It's about empowering people to understand just how amazing they are how awesome they are, that each person is unique and significant in their own way, and that even though, you know, they might be one in seven billion people, the number that matters the most is that they're one, that each person, in a sense, is a piece of the puzzle with something unique and significant that they could bring into this world that nobody else can. And kindness is the greatest tool to empower a person to understand their sense of value, because when you're engaged in an act of kindness and an act of giving, you feel awesome. But why do you feel awesome? I mean, so there's tons of science behind kindness, mm-hmm. but really, when we're engaged in kindness, what we're doing is we're catching a glimpse of our value, of our potential, and we're being validated for the right reasons, as opposed to, you know, what society tells us should validate us. It's not, you know, just how much money a person has in their bank, or how famous they are, or how many followers they have, or how many people, you know, like their Instagram picture. Yeah. Those things really don't give us a true sense of validation. It's, it's more of a facade, because a person can have all of that, yet they can go to sleep at night crying themselves to sleep and feeling super isolated. The only person that could truly give someone a sense of validation, give them a sense of validation is themselves. Happiness comes from within. And it's when we give to others that we get to see where our real value lies. That it doesn't matter that the job title we have or the paycheck that we bring in, that just by us being us, by you being you, when you walk into a room, mm-hmm. you impact change. You, you touch people's lives just by you being you. But we happen to, unfortunately, live in a world that with social media being as it is, and social media is an amazing, powerful tool. It's really awesome. But people can utilize it to really allow themselves to feel like they don't have value because they're comparing themselves to other people. And with these numbers, that don't really mean anything. But if they only compare themselves to themselves, said, wow, I'm psyched to wake up this morning and have air in my lungs. I'm psyched to be me. Because when we wake up every single morning and we take a deep breath in, that's a sign for us that there's something that we're meant to bring into this world today that nobody else can bring. 
that's really the essence of life inside. Uh, but my journey, even though I started the organization six years ago, and this, these were concepts that I was implementing into my classroom on a daily basis mm-hmm. during my seven years of teaching. I mean, this journey really started ever since I was a little kid that dreamed of changing the whole world. And everybody called me absolutely nuts. They still do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is like little Orly, four-year-old Orly. I was like, I'm yeah. going to change the world, yeah. you know. And I love it when you talk about... really a part yeah. of me. No, and I love it when you talk... Sorry to interrupt, but I'm like really excited because I do want you to talk about that because I think it's such a huge pivotal point of, of just who you are as a person, right? So I'm sorry, carry on. Go for it. No, no, not at all. But, you know, this, this has started ever since I, I was a kid, you know, my, yeah. my memories from being a kid. I remember my dad tucking me into bed. My dad's very much like a dreamer like me. A dreamer in the sense not the negative, like, oh, you're a dreamer, but more has the ability to, you know, to really go for things that other people maybe are fearful of going for. There's so much fear of failure that people are afraid to actually try it, whereas failure really is is the only key to success. You have to be able to try and put yourself out there. Maybe you're not going to get to what you want to get to, but it's going to lead you somewhere down your road, and it takes you to where you need to be. And so as a little kid, you know, my dad tucking me into bed, he always made me feel empowered to believe that anything was possible. And I always felt from a young age that there was something major I was meant to do in my life, something major in terms of bringing people together. Never understanding, you know, where animosity comes from. Why? Like, why does it exist? If we really ask, why is it there? Where does that hatred come from? Why does unkindness exist? And I always felt that I was going to be a major player in bringing people together from different showing that regardless of the differences, you know, in background and ethnicity and culture and religion, the common thread that unites us all is kindness. And if we just create dialogue with each other, if we just realize that that's such a commonality, mm. then we're able to actually rejoice because of our differences, not war because of them. Mm. And so... That, to me, has been a driving force ever since I was a kid. I mean, there's so much more to it. I mean, leading on from, uh, from being a kid, because I, I, I was super self-conscious as a kid. Wow. I was very often told I can't by a lot of people that were around me. My dad was definitely a very big positive force in my life, but I was very often told I can't from different people. School was never easy for me. I had a very hard time learning, super hard. Uh, I could. I was in third grade. It was hard for me to read. And I was placed in resource room. I'll never forget. I was in third grade, and I was taken out from all my, you know, from the rest of my classmates and put in a much smaller setting. And, um, you know, people poke fun, and I felt very self-conscious about it. I can't learn in the big group. And the teacher one day came into class, and she gave us this poem. And she said to us, I want you to take this poem, and I want you to decorate it. I was mean, eight years old. I took it. I put it on a piece of pink construction paper, you know, mm. colored, you know, putting the, <laughs> the sparkles on it and stuff. But also I read it. And not once or twice or 10, 50 times. And the words of that poem really stuck with me. And I can honestly say they've been a very big guiding force in my life to the way that I constantly try to lead my life. And it's not easy because we constantly have conflicts with it. And, and it goes as follows. Is if you think you can't do it, you can't. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you'd like to win but think you can't, it's almost a cinch you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out in this world, we find success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in a state of mind. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man. For sooner or later, the man who wins 
is the one who thinks he can. This concept of the idea of believing in yourself is such an important thing, and it's not something that we can... It's not like a video game where you beat it and then you're done. Okay, right, I now I believe in myself. It's a constant battle. It's a constant struggle that we all go through. Even the most confident person you know is going to go through those moments of feeling insecure, feeling or questioning their value. And from there, moving forward, I remember my fourth grade year, there was a teacher that saw something in me that I hadn't yet seen in myself. And suddenly everything was able to click for me. I was able to become that, that student that I knew I always could be. And moving further down into my, into my adolescent years, middle school is always a difficult, difficult time. That's why I chose to teach middle school, because it's such a pivotal time for kids. Yeah. Where you can go one way or the other. That's really where a lot of class distinction comes about, you know what I'm saying? And self-confidence is really at an all-time low. And in my seventh grade year, I came to school, beginning of the school year. Sixth grade year was awesome. I was really secure in who I was. I had a really good group of friends. I was feeling very good. Seventh grade year came, beginning of seventh grade year, and literally every single one of my friends turned on me. And right in the very beginning of the year, I remember being in the nurse's office almost every single day just wanting to get my dad and go home. Mm. I mean, they'd be talking about my back. I'd be calling to make plans. They made believe they're doing other things, and I find out they're all together, and it, was, it really made me feel super low. Mm. And I sort of would just had, had like, retracted into myself and became super, super self-conscious. And that, those feelings continued into eighth grade and continued into high school. I always loved people, but I was very shy, mm-hmm. so super beyond shy. Now people can't get me to stop talking. Girl, I was like, like the what? Shy, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't even, you understand. No, I promise, Rosie, I wouldn't even raise my hand in class. I kid you not. I wouldn't raise my hand. And a very big shift happened for me in my, in my sophomore year of high school. Probably the greatest thing that could have happened to me, and I know that it'll sound strange when I tell you because it's something that was really tough, but I don't think that I would have become the person I am today had that not happened. In the beginning of my sophomore year, we had a fire in my house, and we lost everything. I mean, thankfully, we were okay. I'm one of five siblings, so we were, we were all okay physically. But it was sort of one of those years where everything that could go wrong went wrong. And when you thought that it couldn't get worse, it got worse. My dad had lost his business. And one thing after the next continued to just spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. And it sort of, you know, it does something to you when you see your parents break down and cry. It hits you in a way like I don't know how to describe and I was always a very positive person, believing everything happens for a reason. So, I mean, I wouldn't even make a joke about it. I came to school the next day after the, ha- the fire, and I was like, oh, yeah, guys, my house burned down. But I couldn't talk to my family because they were going through so much on their own. We were all living separated. My brother was in one place. My other brother was another. We were all sleeping in, like, this tiny, small apartment. We were separated for six years until we all lived mm-hmm. under the same roof again. Wow. And uh, my friends didn't know what to say to me. I mean... They were going through their own things. High school is a hard time, especially sophomore year. It's a really tough time. Yeah. So I kept everything in and just let it build up to an intense level until, you know, one day I went to bed. I just didn't wake up the next morning. I was sort of like in a state of sleep. Mm -hmm. I fell into a very, 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 very dark depression. And 
I didn't want to go back to school at all. I wanted to drop out of school altogether. Most of the day, I would either be sleeping or be crying. That was, that was it. And I was just angry. I was angry at the world. I was angry at myself. I was angry at God. I was angry at everything. And the reason I was so angry, it wasn't, it wasn't just because of the fire. It wasn't like, okay, losing those things. It wasn't that. I, like I said, I was very shy, but I always loved people. I always loved people. So if someone was absent from school, whether I knew you or I didn't know you, it didn't matter. I was, you know, I would copy notes for you and bring it to you the next day. I was home from school for a few months. And not one person, not one person called. Not one person came to visit. No one checked up. It just, you know, the fire took the physical things. But that took something so much more. Mm. It just made me feel like, well, if I wasn't here tomorrow, would anybody even notice? Like, yeah. Would anybody even care? Would it matter? How old and, were you uh, during this time? I was 15. Okay. I was 15. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to go back to school. I was forced to go back to school. But once I got there, I wasn't the same kid. I wasn't like that happy-go-lucky kid. I was that kid, you know, dressed all in black, sitting in the corner, writing morbid poetry. That was me. I was that kid. I just. I wouldn't smile. Like there was nothing to smile about. I was just so down. And uh, one day I woke up. It wasn't any special day, you know. And I was in the bathroom and I was washing up, and I was looking at myself in the mirror. I'll never forget this. I was like really looking at myself. And the scariest thing happened. I didn't see myself. I didn't see that, you know, four-year-old kid that dreamed of changing the world looking back at me. It was like, it was like she was gone. It was like someone took her. I said, I, I can't let this happen to myself. I have no idea in the world how I'm going to be able to pick myself back up. I have no clue. But I can't let this be my end. And I made a promise to myself then. And honestly, it's a promise that guided me to my work teaching, that guided me to the work I do at Life Essence Inside, and that wakes me up every morning. Wakes me up every morning. And it was a promise to be there for people the way I wished somebody would have been there for me. But more than that, it was to see, to see people the way I wished somebody would have seen me. Because I felt like I just fell through the cracks and nobody even knew. And the next couple of years of high school were sort of very lonely, but probably the greatest, the greatest gift I could have had because, you know, I was walking alone, and it's tough to do that. But it gave me the, an opportunity that most people don't get to have, even as adults. And it was to fall in love with me for me. It wasn't, I wasn't doing things because I wanted to impress that person or I wanted that group to think I was cool or I wanted to be accepted by that other person. No one was there for me. So I, I got a chance to fall in love with me for me, just because of who I am. And I found my voice through that. In my senior year of high school, I made a complete shift and change. We were on a seminar with, uh, you know, with the school, and we were sitting in a circle, and the teacher was talking about obstacles. So I did something I never did before. I raised my hand, and I had something to contribute to the conversation. And kids that were my peers that I was so super intimidated from were listening to me. And then coming to me afterwards and asking me for advice. And what I found is that the more I gave, the more I healed. And the more I gave, the more I healed. I became like obsessed and in love with this concept, this idea of giving, understanding the power of it. Mm. 
I made a complete turnaround in that year, started getting involved in everything I possibly could. I was speaking in front of large crowds and mentoring at-risk kids and doing tons of community service work, everything I possibly could, tapping into what that was. And of course, you know, afterwards, I, after college, I went into my years teaching, like I said, and that is exactly what my years teaching were about. It was about helping the kids see the beauty within them. And to me, that's what kindness means, helping someone see the beauty that's inside of them. Because once a person understands their value, understanding the value in others becomes easy. It's, it's easy to be kind to other people. The hard part is seeing your value, actually seeing it within you. If you really, truly love you, and I'm not talking about arrogance, because arrogance and confidence, even though they look alike very often, and people very often confuse them, they're completely two different opposite things. You know, arrogance comes from weakness. And people fear, feel fearful when they're in front of someone arrogant. Confidence comes from strength. And, and people feel embraced when they're in presence of someone that has confidence. So the idea is that, you know, if a person truly loves themselves and understands their value, then they understand that each person is yet another piece of the puzzle. Every, you know, piece playing a specific role, having a specific purpose and value. And that's... And that's the biggest issue that unkindness faces, that, you know, why unkindness exists. People are not actually seeing it. You know, you can take it even with, you know, religious animosity, for example. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Why? Like, why is there, like, what does it matter if everyone has, like, why does everyone have to believe the same thing? Yeah. If you are very secure in what you believe, think about it. If you're really secure with what you believe, you're totally cool with other people believing differently than you do. Because, but it's when you don't feel secure in what you believe that you're so fearful that someone else's beliefs and ideologies are going to influence you. That what we, what we end up doing is that we end up going on the defensive and we end up forcing our thoughts and ideologies down the throats of others. Hmm. But that's an indication of a lack of belief in what you believe in. If you're truly secure in what you are, you're okay with people being different because you understand that that's really what makes the beauty of this world is the fact that we're all different, the fact that we all contribute something separate. There's no superfluous people in this world. They're like, oh, you know, extra person, okay, no. This is thing. <laughs> That's the concept. Like, if you're here, that means that there's something you're meant to do right. that I'll never be able to do. Plain and simple. That's so true. You know? Yeah, yeah but, I mean, like, that's, yes. Please, tell, tell me more. <laughs> But that's really, I mean, that's, that's generally like the, the, the passion behind where Life as Inside came about from. Yeah. And yeah, we do things in terms of education and in terms of worldwide events and technology and media, like film. But the inspiration behind it, even though it started six years ago, has really just been a part of my life ever since I can possibly remember. Yeah. And it's been super exciting to see things happen over these past six years because to be honest with you, when I first started when I, you know, and it started, you know, with the short film I had done, Kindness Boomerang, that mm-hmm. had gone viral. Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. I, I shot that during my summer off from teaching. It was a short film basically based on real-life experiences I went through. There's actually a crazy backstory behind every single person that you see on the screen. I mean, they're on the screen for like, what, five seconds? Yeah. Well, what do you mean backstory? backstory? Are you going to tell us? Okay, there's, oh my gosh, you understand. This is, <laughs> so many people don't know this, so... When I wrote, when I came up with the film, with the script, so it was the summer, right? It was yeah. June, I'm like, you know what? 
I want to be able to show people the ability that kindness has to go from one person to the next to really inspire change. So I said, you know, why don't I film this? I had a background in film production, but it had been seven years since I had done film. Because I was teaching for seven years. I was directing theater in the school, but I didn't do film for that long. And I was scared out of my mind. It's like, I don't know, can I really do this? And I was getting so much discouragement. Oh, my gosh, you, you don't even understand. And it, it comes sometimes from the people that are closest to you. And I always say discouragement, when people discourage you, it's just an indication that they don't believe that they can do it. So how could they possibly believe that you can do it? You right. know what I mean? Exactly. But bottom line, yeah, people thought I was nuts. Like, what are you doing? What are you spending all your money? Who, who do you think this is going to reach? Like, all kinds of things. And I'm like, no, I got to do this. So I sat down and I started writing just little moments that has left an imprint on me, like these little experiences. I had tons of them. I mean, they're all on post-its, like on the wall. It was like a scene out of a beautiful line, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like my whole entire wall was like post-its <laughs> everywhere. I look like a psycho. And I said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I want to show how one act goes from one to the next to the next. So I selected some of you know, my favorites. And, you know, put it together. And um, when we were doing, when I was doing, you know, uh, rehearsals, because we had, everything happened within a two-week period, like from auditions to the actual shoot. The shoot was in one day because it's all done in one shot. There's no cuts. There's no edits within the, the, the shot. And so I said, I want to be able to have the actual actors understand who their character is. You're like, okay, well, on the screen for half a second. So I thought, all right, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write down, you know, a couple lines about each person. I, I never forget. I pulled like a, a 24-hour day. I didn't sleep. I was up the entire night. Oh Ended up being like a page or even longer on each person. And to be honest, I was hysterical crying with every single backstory I wrote. Oh because it was goodness. a piece of me in every person. Yeah. No one's ever seen these backstories. Like, I think one person that... I, I messaged that I had this. Like, can you please send it to me? I want to read it. But the backstories it, the, were, are super intense. They're all based on real-life stories. Wow. And what that person was going through in their life, where they were at, what happened to them, that brought them to that day, and why that act was so important that specific day. Every one of those characters have a crazy backstory. And my, my real goal, like, my... A future goal is I want to I want to turn this into a feature film to like understand the backstory, how what all the what all of the backstories of these characters really are, mm -hmm. and how their lives intertwine. Yeah. That's like a, a goal of mine, so that'll have to happen at some point. But um, yeah, and when I got back to teaching, because I shot this, it was September first. School started a few days later. Okay, and that four-year-old kid I was telling you about earlier, yeah. I mean, she started dreaming like way bigger. I was like, wow. If I believe in this, enough. Enough with the shoulda, coulda, woulda situation. No, no, no. I'm going to go all in. So I told the school I'd be taking the following year off. I couldn't believe it. It was so hard for me to do that because no one loved teaching more than me. Like, I can honestly say this. I felt like I was coming to camp every day. It was the most fun. My students were my best, best friends. And it was really hard for me to take that leap. But I said, if I believe in this enough, you know, this is teaching on a different scale. So I left the following year, scared out of my mind. Everyone is like, kindness, when I would tell people, you know, my organization about kindness, they'd be like, kindness? Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? What are you doing? What is up? This is, you know, 2010 is when I shot the film. September of 2010. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, people thought I was absolutely nuts. 
it's so exciting to see how much more consciousness there is around it. There are organizations popping up left and right, seriously. Like every other second, there's not, which is awesome because that just means that there's more awareness to what's going on. Yeah. And within the first couple of months of me posting the film, I, I remember I didn't have my website ready and have this ready, and I'm like a super perfectionist. But I said, already, okay, whatever, I'm going to post it. I don't know, maybe someone's going to see it. I have no clue. Like, I do nothing about social media, by the way. If I want to talk to you, I picked up the phone and called you. Oh. I never, like, messaged someone. I didn't have any of the social media accounts. I, was, I had to, like, YouTube a video of how to upload a video to YouTube. I think like, I no did clue. see that. I think I did see that, and I started laughing. I'm like, oh, my goodness. We were, like, kindred spirits. No, no, spirits. seriously, no clue. <laughs> Not a clue. It was crazy. And then it just it just went viral, you know? Yeah. I don't, and I was just responding to comments. That was it. All I was doing was just responding to comments. I mean, there was thousands of comments coming on a day. Yeah. And just connecting to people. And that's how things uh, sort of started to, you know, started to grow. And it was amazing just hearing people's stories and people breaking down and sharing how the film inspired them and touched them and saved their life or yeah. made them uh, repair a relationship. And from there, things started to grow. But the whole ideology behind the organization isn't just to inspire, because inspiration is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. But it fades. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, totally right, people go, you go to like, right, you go to some sort of, I don't know, a conference or whatever. Yeah, and you're, and you're all inspired, and feeling, you're like totally feeling good, everything's yeah, great. Like, oh, I'm going to change my yeah. whole world around. Mm-hmm. It's going to be crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like when the school year begins, yeah, you buy your new notebook. Oh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write notes. <laughs> Two weeks later, it's like, all right, that didn't happen. Okay. So inspiration is great, but if you don't channel it properly, if you don't transform that inspiration to action, it will fade, and then you lose it. So the most important part is the engagement right after a person's inspired. Mm-hmm. And so the organization is all about understanding the, the, the psyche of a person, helping a person make the shift from inspiration to action. And so, yes, inspiration is a big part. To inspire people to believe again, to believe in themselves, to believe that change is possible, that kindness is the way to get us there. Yeah. But the next step is, you know, we do that through, you know, through film and through social media, but the next step is to engage them and give them a way that they can actually take that and incorporate it into their own life. Because it's not like I created kindness, by the way. Kindness has always been here. <laughs> I didn't do something new. I mean, sorry, I'm just like not innovative in terms of, oh yeah, you created kindness. No, no. It's part of our essence. But it's very broad, yeah. you know, so when people hear kindness, I know one's going to be like, yes, I'm not a kind person, I mean, but it's very broad, and our lives are so hectic on an everyday basis, you know, we're always running next thing and the next item that we get so caught up that we forget to see the small things. Yeah. You know, we don't need to section off time. Volunteering at a soup kitchen, that's great. That's awesome. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm not at all putting that down. It's a beautiful thing. But you don't need to section off time to do kindness because you don't do kindness kindness is not an action that you do kindness is a way of life it's something that you live it's the way that you see the world but before you the way you see the world it's also the way that you see yourself because mm. the key behind all of this is a person understanding and valuing who they are mm, the so minute true. we change the way people look at themselves that's when we change the way that people look at the world and the people within mm. with, around them that's where the real change happens. But you can't do kindness. It's not like, you know, you schedule it in, you know, Thursdays and Fridays from 2 to 3. You know, you know, oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. sorry, you missed me. You know, call my secretary. She'll yeah. schedule us some more time. It doesn't work that way. It's 
just how you see people, you know? Like, you're walking down the street, you see a person. You walk into an office, and you greet the maintenance guy. You greet the security guy. How do you look at people? How do you see them? But you can't give it outward if you don't feel it inward. Yeah. It just doesn't work. And, and we have to train our eyes to start seeing good. Yeah. Because our eyes and muscles, just like anything else, you know, I mean, you go to the gym, you work out, your muscles, yeah, you're doing better. Our eyes also muscles. We're only going to look for negativity. And with media being as it is, showing us so much negative. Oh, I know. It's no wonder that people think that the world is garbage. But guess right. what? The world is not garbage, I have to say, by the way. Newsflash, the world is awesome. Totally. The world is awesome. Seriously. And I know people are like, oily, you're not looking at the news. It's because if you're seeing negativity, you're going to be more conditioned to find more negativity. Like attracts like in this world. Yeah. But if you start training your eye to see the good, then more reasons, more good is going to be come and reflected back at you. Because I could say that over these six years of working on this organization, the amount of positive change I've seen has been tremendous. There is definitely a kindness consciousness that has come about. Yeah. There is. And so although people will tell you, no, things are garbage, it's a reflection of what they're looking at. But that's all that they're going to see. So the key is to start shifting our, our perspective because that's where kindness is. It's small shifts. It's not changing our world around. And that's where the whole engaged thing comes into play like I was talking about earlier. Yeah. You get inspired, but then you need to take it and just make a small shift. And we have various like initiatives on the engaged level of ways that people can get involved, whether they become a kindness ambassador, they take part in our Dance for Kindness event or... You know, or they leave a 30-second message of hope on our project, hope exchange platform, or whatever it may be. But once a person's engaged and they see that they can take ownership of it, mm. the next step is, you know, then trust is built, yeah. which is the most important thing in anything. Trust is, like, key. For me, it's, like, the most important thing. Because that's when real education comes into play. That's when people are willing to listen to open up and hear what you have to say. And what we're saying on the educate level is two words. That's it. Two words. You matter. Plain and simple. Whether it be in schools with kids and developing the kindness educational curriculum and implementing kindness, compassion, empathy into our ready-made curriculum mm-hmm. so that teachers can learn how to, it's not just about teaching a subject matter. It's not like just teaching English or teaching math. Yeah. But actually, a student is more likely to do better and excel in those subject matters if you actually make the content relevant to them. How do you do that? Well, when you incorporate these concepts and you incorporate character and values and kindness, and you, there's ways to infuse it that teachers don't have to make time. It shouldn't be like a subject, oh, we're going to talk about kindness today. No, I mean, then it's just the subject in the notebook. But if it's infused into every lesson, into math, into history, into science, into English, and there's ways to do it, that's what we are doing through the kindness curriculum. Suddenly you're developing a well-rounded individual, and that person is more likely to succeed academically, more likely to succeed with their interpersonal relationships, more likely to find happiness from within, and less likely to turn to substances like drugs or alcohol. Because why do, you know, I love this, I always say, there's all these issues, right, the social issues that happen. And so many things exist that have, like, the anti-approach, you know? So, for example, is bullying. Everyone's talking about anti-bullying. I can't, yeah. I, cannot, I can't tell you how mad it gets me 
to hear the terminology anti-bullying. Uh, we have I like the same, totally, we have the same outlook on this, but carry on, yes, I agree. Yeah, no, because it's, it's, because what are you doing? You're basically, You're, you know, you have bullying, anti-bullying, then you have drugs, anti-drugs, right. anti-war, <laughs> depression, anti-depression. So let's take, you know, this makes sense. You have something negative, let's take something negative and try to fight against it with negativity. Beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it's not a math problem, by the way. It's not. It's not a multiplication problem. This is not going to turn into a positive. Right. It's like, let's take these people that are singled out and, like, single out these other people. That's great. And let's single out these other people. Oh, that's a great idea, you know? Yeah. So now let's make everybody. It's Because a kid, for example, just talking about bullying, right? And I don't even like that term, but it's underutilizing that terminology is a pure indication that you have no clue why that issue exists. (laughs) It basically means... By the way, I want to put a Band-Aid on this wound, but I don't really want to, you know, clean out the wounds first from all the gravel right. and the stuff. That I don't inside. actually really want to know how there. it happened, right? I don't want to know. I just want to put a Band-Aid on it. Well, why don't you see, you know, there's this pole sticking out of the wall. People keep scraping their leg. Why don't we get rid of the pole? And then you don't have to worry about, you know, going and buying more Band-Aids. Oh Everyone's goodness. going and buying more Band-Aids. Right. Why are we buying Band-Aids for? Much easier if we just get rid of the pole, get rid of the reason why that you know, cut is happening, and then there's no issue. Yeah. Good to go. And the, the reason for so many of these issues comes from a lack of self-value. It, that's where it stems from. It comes from a lack of pe- people feeling like they matter, and they're looking for, for re- either ways to numb themselves, ways to find that purpose, trying to find themselves within it. Wh- wh- where do I fit in? If I'm not the most popular person, if I'm not you know, huge on social media and people not following me. What am I doing? Think about it. Followers. Most ridiculous. Like, what does it mean, these numbers? What do these numbers mean? I have no idea. They mean nothing. You know how they mean nothing? Can I tell you how much they mean nothing? Please. It's so ridiculous (laughs) that people in today's time, what are they doing? They're spending money to buy followers and likes. What kind of ridiculous? It's like people are trying to trick themselves. What are we doing? This is all a facade. It's so fake. Yeah. And no one wants to play the game, but everyone has to play the game. It makes no sense. There's no game. We're fighting with ourselves. It's ridiculous. So the concept is there are many forces out there that will allow us to feel like we're invisible. Like we just don't cut it. Yeah. So that's why people turn to things like this. That's why depression is at an all-time high. And people are taking antidepressants. Now, not to say, again, there are certain situations, but instead of actually understanding why people are not feeling their purpose, because they're not being empowered enough, we're not talking about that enough. Because the message really for everyone to understand is even the person that you think is the most successful person out there in your field, anybody, whatever they might think, that person has bad days. That person has moments of insecurity and feeling like they don't matter. That person is comparing themselves with another person. Everyone feels the same exact way. And if you're going to base your entire happiness on a specific thing, then you're never going to get there because there's always going to be more to chase after. But happiness starts from inside of you. You're alive. You have air in your lungs today. That means that there's something that you're brought here to do. That means that there's, some, there's a purpose. There's a thing that makes a difference that matters. Something you're going to be able to bring into this world that nobody can bring. 
And it doesn't come from your pocket. And it doesn't come from your social media following. It comes from your heart. Those are the people that we remember in this life. You know? Can you, can you list for me? Can you tell me who the last 10 years of Academy Award winners, the best actor and actresses? Can you tell me what those, who they are? Oh, man. I'd have to Google it. Orly. Yeah, you'd have to Google it, but yeah. you don't know it, right? Not by but heart. But can you tell no. me 10 people that have left an impression on you positively? Oh, yeah. Easy. 10 friends that, that touched your life? So yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, the awards and accolades, those things are great. They're, they're great. You know, the applause dies, and, and, and awards tarnish. But the thing that doesn't ever leave is the, is the thing that people remember the most is the people that care. That's how we create our ultimate legacy in this world, mm-hmm. is when we touch the lives of others. And that just means we have to be us, and we don't have to have anything. And when we do that, we come to understand our value more, come to recognize it more. We come to be stronger. It's like a life vest. Think about it. You know, what's the difference between a life vest that will keep somebody afloat and then one that's going to allow someone to drown? What's the difference between the two? It's one thing. Uh, what is it? Air. Air. Oh, right. Air. If you, have a, if you have a deflated vest, I mean, it's not going to save anybody. No. And if you think about it, when you breathe into, let's say, a life vest, you go giving from your air supply, right? Mm-hmm. It's coming stronger. We're giving, right? We're giving and become stronger and stronger. And the stronger that that vest becomes, the more we're able to stay afloat. And the stronger we become, the more likely we are to be able to help someone else. When we give, that's exactly what happens. That's why we're on a plane, you know how they say, in case of an emergency, uh, you know, put your life vest on and then help the person next to you. Why? Because <laughs> they understand that if you're drowning, if you're... If your person's gone, then how are they going to save anyone else? There's right. no way to save them. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So when we give, so we have to give inwardly to ourselves. We have to love ourselves. We have to understand it. And it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. You're kidding. There's days where I totally feel like a failure. There, there is. And if I, didn't, if I didn't say that, I would just be lying. It would be a lie. Yeah. You know? It's there, hard for it's me not, to believe, but okay, I'll take it. No, it's, it's, I promise you how true it is. It's so true. It's so true. Just, can I tell you, just this morning, okay? So yesterday I got back from my, from my trip. Yeah. It was awesome. I had, I spent, I was really, it was great. I came back and I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders because of uh, this tour that I have coming up and, 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 things that, and things that are not working out as I had wanted. And I was so, I just felt like I felt crushed yesterday. And I, honestly, you know what it is? I was in bed most of the day. I was watching How I Met Your Mother. That's what I was watching. Okay? All day. <laughs> the best. Not even kidding. Awesome. Oh, by the way, I just found, I only found out about this show like a few months ago. And I'm obsessed. I watched like the entire series. But besides that, no, seriously, it's the best show. It but is. I was feeling so down. And then I was fe- hating myself for not being productive. Because right. I love being productive. It makes me feel the best. This morning... I actually spoke to Tori, who connected us. Yeah. I had a conversation with her, this, and I was like, I don't know. And after our conversation, I'm like, I got up, took a shower, headed out the rest of the day, and things m- moved upward. But everyone has those days where they're feeling down. It's okay to feel down. It's okay to feel low. It's okay. You have to embrace those feelings. You're allowed to feel them. As long as you're able to know how to get yourself back up out of them. And 
and that's where the, the idea, the concept of kindness and giving comes into play, because when we do that, oftentimes it really helps us to become energized. When we give to somebody else, when we, that's, that's what allows us to see that value and helps us to continue, uh, you know, pushing forward. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's so important, the concept of self-love, that it's something that we very oftentimes, we don't really look at. Yeah. It's, it's difficult because it's hard. Yeah. Hard to do. We want to become better, and that's great. It's great to want to become better, but we still have to love ourselves in spite of our opposite, in spite of the mistakes, and in spite of the flaws, because we all have them, and that's what really that's what makes us who we are. Yeah, it, it I think is. to to add to what you're saying, I think it's also important to know that you it it is like a wave. You have to ride it sometimes. It's like you can't be fully like in love with yourself 100% of the time all the time every day I think I think it's yes there is that love of course but I think that it's to your point of having off days and then not beating yourself up for having those days where you have an off day like that's okay you know and that's and that's that's really radically loving yourself right because you love yourself in spite of you know, the bad days that you had yeah. in spite of the days, maybe that you weren't as productive, Like that's loving you with everything, with everything that you possibly can. And, and, and then it helps you also to understand that other people go through those same times. So you're yeah. able to be much more understanding, you're able to become much more empathetic because you can understand yeah. what that feels like. And so, you know, that's really like I was saying before on the educate level, you know, that's what it is, whether it be in schools that we're going into or, speaking with companies and incorporating a kindness culture into the workplace, understanding that happier people are more productive and they're more loyal and they're going to give you the best of themselves. Understanding how we can incorporate a kindness culture into the workplace, into the school, into our homes, into our daily life. Uh, And then once a person understands their value and they can then therefore understand it in others, they can now become the leader. That's the last, you know, step because we have inspire, engage, educate, and then unite. They can now become a leader that's going to unite others, that's going to inspire others to take that same exact cycle, inspire others that will, so they can go ahead and get engaged and become understanding of their value and then become that leader to engage with others because what we're generally doing is we're increasing the pool of givers in the world. Yeah. That's the true mission. Increasing the pool of givers in the world that everyone has something they can give. Maybe it's not from their pocket. But whether it be a president or, or you know, of a company or the, or the guy that's sitting on a floor outside, everyone has something to give. Once we empower people to believe that they can truly give something positive to this world, just envision the, how many more innovations we'll have created in this world, how much more advancement we'll have. It's wild yeah. if we actually understood that we're all interconnected, you know, like one body. If you get a paper cut, it's not just your finger that hurts. You just feel so uncomfortable everywhere. It's like, oh, my God. It's a little paper cut. That's how we are in this world. We're all interconnected. We're one body. And so if we come to understand that and, and embrace that, realizing that when someone is else is hurting, it does impact us. It does impact someone else. Because we have the capability in this whole world, my belief, to actually tackle and to solve every issue that we face as, as a society. Every, I know that's a bold statement, but it's true. We have the resources. You can have the tools, but if you don't, if you're not putting the pieces of, of the puzzle together properly, then it's just not going to figure out how to work. We're trying to figure out 
how to take all these separate pieces, all separate pieces, and every piece matters, even the smallest one. Sometimes, you know, you can go and buy something from a store, and then you're missing one screw, and the whole thing doesn't work. Yeah. Why? It's a small little tiny screw, but it mattered. It made a difference. So what we're trying to do is figure that out. We don't necessarily have a, a guidebook yeah. that tells us, okay, you know, by the way, you take this, you put it there. You this. We're trying to figure it out as a, as a society. And, and that's where sometimes that aggression can come into play because people don't understand because it's built and been built into the psyche of people from a young, from a young age, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the concept of competition. Now, competition is important. Competition leads to growth and leads to success. It's a great thing. But the belief that for one person to be up, someone else has to be down, that's not true. There's an abundance of things in this world. There's, there's plenty for everyone to have. Yeah, I agree. It's understanding how we all fit into the puzzle, how we can make this work. And that's what we're trying to do as a society. It's taking us some time. Mm-hmm. But I think that we're, we're getting there. We're inching. We're yeah. inching, but inches are good, you know? Well, how do you think we, so, can, we can begin to overcome that fear? Because I feel like that's such a big thing right now. Like, everyone is so afraid. People are just so afraid of not, of not you know, being important or, or feeling like they don't matter, right? It's just to your point. It's exactly It's a very saying. hard thing to fight. I'll tell you what, it's hard because, like I was saying, because there's so many more, um, there's so many more mediums for people to feel less important or to feel insignificant. Yeah. Right? It's, you're not only going to one portal. It's not like, okay, just, you only know what's in your world, you know, before, let's say before the internet, right? You only know what's in your world. You, you don't, you, your world's much smaller. Yeah. <laughs> now that our world is so big. You know, you have, you have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have YouTube, you have Twitter, you have uh, the other thing, you have music, you have, this, you have so many different portals that will continuously, that can make a person continuously feel insignificant. So what I say is, don't focus on, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to focus on, to look at, let's say a person ha- has a professional goal in mind, okay? I, I'm just going to give an example. Okay. A person wants to succeed in something professionally. Okay. If we only look at all the people that are doing it better than us. Now, it's important to do this because you get to learn. You can learn from people. But if you only are, like, focusing on who's doing it better than you, sometimes that, doing that, like, keep looking through social media, it makes you feel very low. It makes you then, oh, my gosh, I'm so far from ever achieving anything. Oh, my goodness, how come I've been working on this for so long and I can't get it, but everyone else around me seems to be doing awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. what? Mm-hmm. He's going, do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what it's, you're talking it's, about. <laughs> it's a very, very common feeling that yeah. people feel, and we allow ourselves to get sucked into it. It's very dangerous. To an extent, it could be good because it helps to push us forward, and by looking at others, we can become more innovative in our own ways. Yeah. But if that's all we focus on, as opposed to focusing on, okay, I know that I'm unique. I know that I bring something different to the table. Why? Because I'm here. That's all you need to know, by the way, that, that, that you're unique. You're here. You're breathing? Great. You're unique. Done. See ya. That's it. Then you wouldn't be here. So it's first understanding that, that you're a piece of the puzzle. Just like a puzzle piece, different shapes, different colors, but every single piece is the same size. Every piece means is important. If one piece wasn't, was missing, you wouldn't hang that puzzle on your wall, regardless of what piece it was. So it's first understanding that. That's the first step. And then it's working towards your goal, even though you're looking at, you can be looking at things around you, but if you're focusing on your goal and focusing on where you want to get to, 
okay? And the important thing is oftentimes when we're trying to reach a goal, people look ahead of them, right? They look at the gap of where they are to where they want to be. I would say don't look at the gap. You know what you need to do oftentimes? It's good to have goals, big goals, and then it's important to have smaller goals because you need to work off of positive energy. Instead of looking at the gap, looking ahead at the gap of where you are to where you want to be, stop. Look behind you. We oftentimes forget to look behind ourselves. I also do. To look behind you at how far you've come. Look at all the things that you have accomplished. Use the positive energy to propel you forward. Don't use the negative energy of the gap to keep you down because that's exactly what it will do. It'll make you want to crawl into your bed, and that's it, and do nothing. That's what happens. And if we, if we allow ourselves to look behind us, that will propel us forward to continue moving and creating these small goals for ourselves. We may not be that person, but we're not meant to be that person. We're meant to be us. Because if we're going to keep trying to be them, who's going to be us? So it's, it's not easy. And if, if it was easy, then everyone would be doing this. It's not supposed to be easy. It's, it's really hard work. Mm. It's hard work. And it takes, it, it takes a reminder every day. We have to remind ourselves of this. And people have different ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has their own way. It's not going to be my way or the highway. Yeah. Everyone has their own way of getting to it, whether yeah. it be, whether some people do it through meditation or through yoga, whether some people do it through prayer, whether some people do it through affirmations. Everybody finds their own way. Yeah. You know, everyone has their own method. You know, it's not like, oh, this is the successful method, and if you don't do this, right. you're not. No, that's it's not like true. there's no, I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes that's that's one of the things that I hear a lot from either clients or students that I work with. It's like, well, I my life was this way. It was built in such a way that I didn't have the benefits of having two loving parents and you know, I was raised in, in an area that was like this. And so now that's why I'm an addict and, or whatever. It's like they, they, they put all those obstacles, they, they utilize them as a way to just sort of like give the excuse, you know, or, or give the explanation of like, well, I can't achieve that level of success or. Because it's easier. Yeah. It's easier to do that. You know why? People are afraid of it. People. And when I say people, I'm including myself, right? Yeah. People are scared of trying. Totally. You know, when I, when I made that shift to leave my job teaching to do the organization, that was, like, really scary for me. Why? It wasn't scary because it was something new. I mean, that was scary in its own time. It was scary because I was pursuing my dream. That's scary. Because a lot of people rather say, I could have, should have, would have later on in life. You know, that was my dream. I could have done this, you know, but I didn't. You know, and this is why I didn't do it because I had... Uh, but... So people rather keep the dream as opposed to pursuing it and maybe failing at it. Yeah. Maybe it not working out. They, people much rather hold on to the dream. It's so scary to lose your dream. Like, what happens if you try and you keep trying and just didn't work? But what people don't realize is that doesn't mean that you failed. Failure doesn't mean that something didn't work. Failure is never trying, never getting up and actually trying to make it happen. If you keep trying, you'll never, you'll never fail at anything. Yeah. You know, it's, but it's hard to do it. It's so hard to do it. We're so scared of what happens if it doesn't work. Yeah. Then I'm really going to feel like I have nothing. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's hard to get out of that comfort zone. It's very, very hard. Yeah, it is. No matter where we're at. Exactly. And I think that, 
it, it just goes back to speaking to changing our perspective of, of how we see our lives and being able to look back and seeing all of our accomplishments, you know, like, so, you know, I, I grew up in East LA during a chaotic period during, you know, the early nineties and it was, you know, pretty chaotic, tumultuous upbringing. And the way I always saw my life, like I was never, you know, I was very similar to you, you know, I was a big dreamer and I, and I always, you know, erred on the side of, positivity and and I always knew that I was meant to do something impactful in the world you know and and I always I never had the encouragement there was nobody was ever aspiring yeah. for me to do anything big you know it was like just don't get shot and you know graduate from school and don't get pregnant as a teenager like those were the big dreams right and I'm like, oh, perfect. <laughs> My yeah. standards for success are the bar is not set so high, you know. So it was very easy for me to kind of start from that that point, right? The bar wasn't set so high, but I always felt that there was more than that, right? That there was more than that. And one of the other things, just speaking to your point of failure, was this word's always kind of been weird for me. Just like the rock bottom thing is, is kind of, I have an aversion to that because the way I see it, it's like, if you start from, from that point, you know, from a point where it's like, everything is the worst, the worst possible environment, the worst possible like surroundings, you know, if you start from that point, like nothing can ever be that bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, it's, it can always, it, it can't, it can't be any worse than that, right? If you use that as your benchmark. So what, whatever sort of your background is, I believe that it really has to do with your perspective and knowing that because there is breath in your lungs, you are important, you do matter, and you do have a, a bigger purpose in life. And even if you don't know what it is yet, to be able to just take the plunge and take the chance to explore that and, and just do something, right? I mean, I think that's yeah, so, that, that's such an important taking, thing. It is, and it's not, yeah, it's not necessarily easy to do that. And yes, we can give ourselves excuses as why we don't do things, but very often the hardships that we face, and this is, this is not easy when a person is going through something hard. No, yeah, when a person goes through something hard, the last thing one hears, oh yeah, you know, it's happened for a reason. No, I don't want to have for a reason. This is a terrible thing that's happening to me. Yeah. And I agree, because it's not. And, and that's exactly what they're allowed to feel. But, very often, sometimes when these hardships come to us, it's basically pushing us against the wall to help us tap into a strength that we have in ourselves that we never would have been able to tap into had we not been pushed to the max. Because we get comfortable. Yeah. We get comfortable in a routine. We get comfortable doing certain things. And once a person's comfortable, they're so scared to venture out. Because they know. It's the fear of the unknown. I already know, like I'm I'm good at this. I don't want, but sometimes these hardships come to us because they're trying to push us. They're trying to push us against the wall, trying for us to break out, like break out. It's like someone taking and shaking, saying, speak up already, like break out already. Sometimes those hardships help us tap into that strength. It's been within us all along, but that survival instinct that's part of human nature kicks in and it, it helps us it helps us to grow it's you know it's like the story of, of, of the caterpillar and the butterfly right mm -hmm. you know if if, if the caterpillar is starting to break through the cocoon 
and a little boy sees the, the caterpillar and he sees that he's having such a hard time. He's struggling, trying to break through, trying, and, and, and he feels bad, the boy. So what does he do? He starts helping break off the shell of the cocoon, thinking that he's helping the caterpillar. And what happens? When the butterfly comes out, flies two seconds, it falls down and dies. Why? Like, why did it die? Because its body was not made strong enough. It needed to have that pressure of coming out of the cocoon. It needed to have that. It needed to go through that, that specific obstacle to be able to become strong so that when it emerges from the cocoon, that the butterfly would be strong enough to be able to fly for, 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 for years. So that's something, it's, it, again, it's not easy to feel when we're going through something tough. And I would never tell somebody that's going through something tough when they're like, oh, you're going to see how it's going to be for a reason. No. Because when you're going through something tough, you're allowed to feel what you feel. Mm -hmm. Feel what you feel. Embrace it. Allow yourself. Otherwise, you're just covering up the feelings that you're really feeling inside, like I did when I was first going through my depression. And you can't do that for very long. You can't lie to yourself for that long. It will catch up with you. So you're allowed to feel what you feel. But... Just know that there is a strength that's going to come from within inside of you. If you're going through it, you can pass through it. You can. It's not easy. We all have different obstacles. Every one of us has different adversities. Every single one of us. But oftentimes, the blockages that we place in our life are things that we place there ourselves. You know, I went on this, uh, about a, I don't know, it was like a month and change ago. I was away on a weekend uh, in Disney again. I know, I'm crazy Disney fan. How many times but I was do away you go? I was so, oh, by the way, just so you know, I was in Disney for like three times in the past three months, oh no, no joke, for all different reasons, but I'm, I'm, I love that place. So, <laughs> there's nothing like going to Disney with me. You have them say, I don't walk in Disney, I only, I only skip. I only skip when I'm in Disney. So, anyway, I was on this weekend for the Disney Princess Half Marathon, and they were giving out copies of my book. I had a new book that just came out called Kindness Boomerang. Yeah. And so, which is amazing, um, by the way, and everyone needs to read it because it's so good. But carry on, sorry. Thank you, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll talk a bit about it right after this. But basically, um, we had there was a speaker that came during that weekend, and he gave each and every person a block of wood, like a, whatever, like a, a board of wood, wood, wooden board. And he said, "You guys are going to learn how to break this wood." I said, "What are you talking about? Come on, that's very cool." He's like, you all going to learn how to break this wood? And I, he's like, either with your foot or with your hand. So I happened to have been wearing flip-flops, but I couldn't do it with my foot. So I was really nervous to do it with my hand because a few years ago I had surgery on my hand, on my right hand. And it really bothered me so much because I, I like, lost feeling in, in my hand. And I play a lot of sports and I play music and all sorts of things. And I need my hand, you know. It's, it's really tough. And it's sort of the pain I feel is it, it really it hurts me a lot. I had just come back from this awesome yoga retreat, actually, with Tori, and which is the first time I ever did yoga in my life, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling like I could do anything. I'm going to be able to do this. So he gives us the piece of wood, and he said, I want you to write on the front of it something in your life that's blocking you, something that's blocking you, stopping you from accomplishing. And so I wrote down uncertainty. And then he said on the back, I want you to write down all the things that will come into your life if you break through that. So I wrote down a bunch of different words, you know, happiness and peace and, you know, focus and strength or whatever it may be. And we had the piece of wood. 
And I was really nervous because I was scared to hurt my hand, my right hand, by doing this. And he said, you have to make like the wood is not there. I couldn't understand what he was talking about. So I tried it. Everyone is standing around, you know, everyone's doing it. There was a crowd around me. I'm trying it. I couldn't break it. I tried once. I tried twice. Tried three times. Four times. I couldn't. I was so scared. And I was starting to do it with my left hand. And he kind of goes, no, do it with your right hand. I was so nervous. And I said, there's no way I'm leaving tonight without breaking this piece of wood that says uncertainty. There's no way. Not a shot. So I'm standing there. I'm like, all right. There is no wood. Well, like I said, I'm like, oily. So finally, after the fourth time, I said, all right. And my body was shaking. I was literally shaking as there was a crowd around me. And I'm like, I have to break through this thing. So I stood there. I closed my eyes. I said, there is no wood. That's what I said to myself. There is no wood. I'm going to go through it as if I don't see the wood. Not even look at it like it's there. And I went ahead and boom, my hand went right through it. I can't tell you the excitement I felt. I have a video. I can send it to you. Please you know, do. Love I have to see it. Like, you, you will laugh hysterically. Just saying. I can't tell you how great I felt. And what I realized is that we all have this. Right? There are these things that we feel that are in front of us that are blocking us from accomplishing things. And sometimes there's things that, and very often it's things that we create within our own mind, that this is our obstacle. It's our obstacle, mm. but it's not really there. And if we approach it that way, that it's not there, that we're going to be able to break through because there's nothing there. It's only within our head. It's the greatest obstacles are the obstacles we create in our own mind. Then there's nothing that we can't do. Just like the poem I was mentioning earlier. If you think you can't do it, you can't. Plain and simple. Because success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. Everything is within our hands, within our power. It's not easy. Because then our biggest enemy really sometimes is ourselves. We are our biggest block, blockage. The, the things that we tell ourselves we can't do. Yeah. Yes, others may be telling us we can't do them. I had so many people tell me I can't do things. And a lot of it was like from family. You know, so you don't understand how much I love my family. I love them so much. I'm very close to my family. Mm. But to be honest, there's a lot of discouragement that came from my family. Leaving my job, going to start this nonprofit, have, having taken a salary in six years. It's been six years having taken a salary. I can't tell you how many people look at me like I'm nuts. Okay, Orly, so give us the scoop. Tell us what we can look forward to right now in the next coming months. So I'll tell you, well, I basically, I just had a book that came out a couple months ago. Uh, it's called Kindness Boomerang. It's named after the film Kindness Boomerang that I was mentioning. Mm-hmm. And it's a lesson a day book in kindness. So there are 12 categories of kindness that repeat throughout the course of the book, whether it be kindness with yourself, uh, kindness with, you know, the community, in relationships, with nature, uh, in the home, in the school, in the workplace, and so on and so forth. And every day of the year has an act of kindness an inspirational quote, and then a short reflection on the power of paying it forward that connects specifically to that act. So it's a lesson a day book. It's only one page a day, 30 to 60 second read. And the concept and idea behind it is it increases our awareness because that's what we were discussing is so mm-hmm. important. The, more, the moment we inc- increase our awareness to what kindness looks like, the more likely we are to be able to see it and seize those moments and take advantage of them. And so there have been a lot of Schools utilizing this within their curriculum, with their students reading, you know, a section each day before they start their class to sort of create the proper mindset and, and, and atmosphere. Even companies using this 
to start off and kick off their meetings, reading it in, you know, right before a meeting, reading a section from Kindness Within the Workplace. And parents using this with their kids and reading a section each day, like one page each day, and actually engaging in that in a specific kind of act at one point during the week, choosing one that they actually physically do with their child. Yeah. So there's so many different ways of utilizing the book, whether it's read in order or out of order. What I'm going to be doing is I'm actually planning a cross-country tour, yes. which is super exciting, across the U.S. I cannot wait. Oh, I'm so it's going to be excited. a six-week tour. Yeah, I'm going to be coming to L.A., so, you know, I'm going to have to see you. Yeah, huh. of course. I'm going to be going, we're flying to Seattle, and then heading down through California, through Colorado, down to Texas, and uh, across Atlanta, and all the way up the East Coast. And during those six weeks, I'm basically going to be speaking in schools and companies and community centers and engaging with other thought leaders and kind doers, as well as activating communities to start making a change within their own community. So within each city that I'll be stopping in, I'll also be doing various volunteer activities, you know, kindness activities that I'll be inviting members of that community to just come and join me, yeah. uh, as well as just coming and joining me on some of my own fun. I love, I have so many hobbies, it's insanity. <laughs> so just coming and joining me and just creating some good old human connections. Because let's be honest, even though technology is as it is, there is nothing that takes the place oh, of nothing. some real face-to-face human, human connection. Yeah. Nothing. So we're going to be doing that as well. And, um, and in addition to that, we're going to be interviewing people throughout the entire journey about what kindness means to them and how can create a greater kindness perception within the U.S., creating dialogue around positivity and what that means. How can we actually make that shift? Yeah. And we're doing a documentary of the entire journey. We're having a videographer come along with us for the journey. So we'll be having short film vignettes that go up on our YouTube channel and we'll be utilizing the live platforms like YouTube Live and Facebook Live uh, for people to engage with us and get involved and then doing a full, full-length documentary of the entire journey uh, at the end. So it's going to be super exciting and people could get involved in so many ways, whether, you know, they book me to come in and speak in their school or their company or whether people take part in some of the volunteer activities or the community activities that I'm going to be hosting or just even social media wise, just following along uh, for the journey. We're going to be having a lot of exciting, cool video sequences. One of them is going to be called Truth or Dare, where people can ask me any question. Uh, that they want, and I will answer, or they can dare me to do some sort of kindness dare, uh, okay. which will be which will be loads and loads of fun. So <laughs> there are awesome. so many ways to get involved. We're going to be launching an Indiegogo campaign that's going to launch with the tour, so people can also support that way if they want to support and help us actually travel across the U.S. We're in the midst right now of finalizing uh, dates yeah. for the tour, but it's going to be over the course of a six-week period. And, uh, yeah, you cool. know, people can look out for that on the website, they, on Life Us yeah. Inside. So where, where can yeah, they so go? Where, there's two sites. LifeUsInside.com is the, is the official website for the organization. Okay. And also KindnessBoomerang.com is the website for the book, which will also have information about the tour going up really shortly. And, of course, people can, you know, connect via social media on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, all at life vest inside, and uh, yeah, that's that, that's those are some really awesome ways to connect. We have a daily newsletter on top of on top of that that you sign up for every Monday through Friday. I put out a daily kind newsletter, 
Mm-hmm. Each day has an act and a positive affirmation, a quote, and some sort of a kindness media, so something positive that's happened in the world, uh, to start working out those eye muscles to see the good. So people can sign up for that on the Life Essence side website as well and hopefully get a copy of the book kindness boomerang yeah i mean it's such a great yeah pick it up in so many ways yeah you can get it in on amazon barnes and noble bam indiebound target itunes all kinds of different we'll we'll link a couple of these up on the show notes so people could just go on the show notes and click and like get connected and get involved um I do want to give a a little quick shout out to my little sister who just graduated high school and uh also read the book from uh cover to cover and oh my god her quote I'm gonna quote her Orly she's like this book is lit and I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh that's my good. Gosh, I love it. <laughs> she, you really inspired her, and and I'm giving her a little shout out because I, I mean, it's you know, she's a teenager, and she's just she just recently moved in with, with Tori and I, um, my Tori, not our Tori. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of Tories going on, but uh, she she really loved it, and she watched your TED talks, and and she was very inspired, and so I want to thank you for for that and just for creating this whole awesome. this whole uh community and I'm so excited to be a part of it and to you know join any way that I can and get the radically loved community involved in every single which way possible. So um before we finish, I do want to ask you one final question uh and it'll be a nice way for us to kind of close this out and um and uh, I can, you know, let you go and, and continue to just be a, a loving, kind human in the world making a difference. So oh, thank you so uh, much. Radically Loved was started as a forum. I wanted to create a place for people to come to to get information on the practice of yoga, meditation, mindfulness, or just to get inspired or feel support, right? So it's this idea that we are... Uh, radically loved by this universe force god higher power of your understanding whatever it is baby krishna i always try and give like a shout out to somebody out there it's like whatever it is that you believe is is radically loving on you and there there is a a force that's holding us all together and we, we definitely are one uh so the question to you is how do you feel radically loved and what do you radically love Oh, my gosh. First of all, I absolutely love everything you just said. (laughs) I radically love everything you just said. Okay, let me say that. Uh, How do I feel radically loved, and what do I radically love? Wow. I feel, I would say I feel radically loved. The greatest thing I would say in my life that makes me feel radically loved is God. Um, It's a very big part of me, and that's what makes me believe that I'm being bet on every single morning when I wake up, and uh, to never... You know, to believe that I'm here for a purpose. And what I radically love, I radically love people. I radically love people. All people. I don't care what they believe or don't believe. It's, I always say that my job is falling in love with people more and more each day. Mm. Now I'm going to say my, my job is radically loving people more and more each day. Because it's really the truth. I love that. So I radically love people, uh, all people. It doesn't matter what they believe or they don't believe, where they're from, or I 
seriously, I generally always say that I am in the job of falling in love with people more and more each day. And now I could say that I radically love people more and more each day. Mm. Orly, thank you so much. I, it was, I, I can't, I have no words to express my gratitude for not only everything that you have done, the form you've created, everything that you're setting out to do in this world and how you're impacting lives and how your effect it's it's a the ripple effect it's the boomerang effect that you're creating in the world i'm so 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 grateful for you and and i i thank you for all of your efforts and everything that you're doing and i'm i'm so honored and privileged to have had you as a guest on our show and to know you and to hopefully continue to work with you and create something magical wow thank you so much for that that means more than you know honestly i so much appreciate this opportunity to be able to connect with more people and hopefully inspire them if anything to, to, to radically love like you said to radically love themselves because it's so it's so key it's really important so i'm very grateful for everything you're doing and all the people that you're inspiring in your own unique way and that's uh something to be super super proud of so uh yeah i'm definitely looking forward to staying in touch and uh staying connected Orly Wabba, everyone. Yay! Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.